Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd, how you doing, brother? You know, Jeremy, it's a great day to be alive. How about you? Yeah, right on. Almost every day is, isn't it? <laughs> I would have to say, regardless of what's going on, I'm glad to be alive. Mm-hmm. Right on, me too. You know, sometimes you wonder if other people should still be alive, you know, for yep. the betterment of society. Mm-hmm. Not that I advocate <laughs> that. I mean, I do, but not that I do. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny, this one YouTube channel that it always keeps popping up. I don't subscribe to it ever, every now and then, like just enough to keep it in the algorithm. Like maybe once a month, I'll watch a video and it's called Johnny Talks. Uh, I've mentioned it before in this podcast. And it's funny because the guy doesn't talk. He just plays clips. And every, I don't know, maybe once a week, he'll put out a video and it just, it'll have some weird picture, like some sensational picture, most likely taken out of context. But, uh, and the title of the video will always be, It's Time to Leave Earth. <laughs> and, and he does these all the time. They're kind of funny. And it, it'll it be one picture of something that you know. Like, you know, when it would be a Karen freaking out over somebody. And yeah, it's funny. Or a lot of them, are, a lot of them end up being Joe Biden's image. You know, be, it's time to leave Earth. And they'll have Joe Biden. You can tell he's in the middle of a speech where he just forgot what English was or oh. something like that. That cracks me up. Yes. Um, who knew when people voted for uh, president in 2020, they were actually voting in Mushmouth from the Fat yeah. Albert show. <laughs> That's right. No kidding, hey? That's funny. Yeah, Trudeau's in the hot water here right now. Um, oh, really? So I don't know if you've heard. Yeah, it's a funny. Hot like hot tub full of trannies. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Have you? I don't know if you heard that. I see. It's funny because there's a lot of some of the stuff going on right now is um, can't. It only affects Canadians. It's like Canadian policy and stuff like that. And so, unless it's something where like freedoms are like the trucker convoy, of course that makes the news, right? Because that's pretty, pretty sketchy stuff. But we've got all these stupid carbon taxes like all over the place it's insane how how much we're we're like we're very close to being taxed to death and that is literal for many folks in this country like uh people using food banks is higher than it's ever been in the history of this country they say that one in five canadians skip meals because they need to make their money last longer they need to stretch their dollars and it's because of the carbon tax, this amazing tax. It's going to, you know, somehow clean up the entire world. And it's, you know, the Canadians are going to bear the brunt of it. And we're going to save our planet from pollution. Wow, that's so intelligent if you're stupid. But anyways, uh, in eastern Canada, they use heating oil, which I've never, ever been in a house that used oil for heating. But I know it's common. Like, you know, I hear people in New York talk about it, uh, which happens to be from a carbon footprint standpoint, it is one of the worst 
heating systems for a house. It's not clean. It There's a lot of pollution. And anyways, Justin Trudeau, her votes were like dying in, in Atlantic Canada, popularity plummeting. The East is finally starting to see what the West has already known. And so what he's done is he's given them an exemption from the carbon tax. Just, just the maritime provinces. And so it's like, oh, okay, so this is a carbon tax. The purpose of it, again, is what? Oh, for environmental reasons. Okay, gotcha. So we've got, like, it's like 90%, 90-some percent of the country uses natural gas, which is far cleaner than oil. But the people burning oil, oh, the people making the real mess, you're going to give them exemption. Just And then they, it even came up in the House of Commons that, you know what, if you want, they said, if you guys want more, if the rest of the country wants more breaks from the carbon tax, and you better vote liberal. And just fully, their entire caucus just totally, like, showed everybody, this is a political thing, 100%. And so he's, like, his goose is cooked. Just he's pissed off. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They literally said, if you want, if you would like relief from these carbon taxes, then maybe you should vote for some liberal people in your writings. And it's like, wow. Yeah, so it's gone off, and um, it's good. And it, it, I don't, uh, the liberals, I think they, they stared at Justin Trudeau too long and they listened to him talk too long and, and they were like enamored with him, right? It's like, uh, maybe it was their first date, like all the, the entire liberal party and they're like, ah, oh, Justin Trudeau. And then all of a sudden they realized, wait a minute, this guy's a moron. He's an absolute idiot. And like, I mean, I don't know. The, I look at the guy and from the very first time I saw him, I was like, there's a pompous prick. I don't, I don't know whatever i've never liked the guy and then i hear him talk and i'm like oh my word is this what manhood has has degraded to like some little oh just a little reminds me of a fruitcake he talks like he's a fruitcake i'm like this is disgusting but um he's pissed off all of canada and even the atlantic provinces i think oh i would hope they realize that they're trying to be bought it's like he's he's buying your votes that's all he's doing and then he also pissed off a whole crackload of environmentalists, <laughs> which were his big supporters. And he's he's like, how can you give up on this carbon tax like this? And he always said, you know, I'm doing this because of the, it's the right principle to do. This is not politically motivated. I feel that it, this is a conviction that I have. And then all of a sudden you realize that, oh, wait a minute. He's never felt that conviction. He just wanted to tax people. He just wants power and control, and as soon as he starts to lose it, he'll let up on taxes for some people, not other people. It's just, it's great. And then uh, it's led to some pretty, pretty significant backlash. Uh, the pre the prime minister, no, premier of Saskatchewan, he's said that starting February, if they won't give the same relief from the carbon tax to all Canadians, then on January first, twenty twenty four, he will not collect carbon tax on natural gas. So we will not collect it, and we will not make our our carbon tax payments to the federal government. Alberta's pretty much said the same thing, and uh, oh yeah, it's good. Like they're they're taking them to court about. Oh, it's it's fantastic. Like he, I don't know, man. Like I don't understand. I don't understand how someone so stupid could ever get into that position, and then it happened in America too, right? Like. Joe Biden wasn't always an idiot, but he's old. His mental faculties are gone. 
And yet somehow people said, hey, I want you to lead this country. Isn't that crazy? Anybody, anybody on the left could have been elected in 2020 because the country was so thoroughly divided. Yeah. And with, you know, 48, 49% of people just polarized anti-Trump. Yeah. And then the other, most of the other have, you know, blinded pro-Trump. You know, mm-hmm. best thing I heard all week was, uh, you know, when are, when are, when is everybody just going to wake up and not vote for a personality or what you mm-hmm. think is going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. What you've been told, actually, you know, what you what you were told happened, not really what happened, you know, all. All politicians are crooked. Uh-huh. Don't care if it's Biden. Don't care if it's Trump. You know, if even if Trump did not do half of the things he's getting sued for, he did the other half. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> is did Biden take money from foreign countries? Oh, absolutely. He's been doing it since at minimum the 70s. Uh-huh. But. Tell me a politician that doesn't take money from somebody. Yeah, it's yeah. how they get elected. Yeah, does it? Is it right? No. Is it one of the first things King Todd would change? Yes. But hey, mm-hmm. you know, um, there'd be a lot of politicians that King Todd would adjust their height. <laughs> you know, yeah. but, cut them uh, off at the knees. <laughs> no, at least the neck. You know? Yeah, that's right. You know? Hey, King Fuss, who's your uh, hero in politics? Mr. Guillotine. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that I funny, the guy who... Oh, I'm so fed up. When are people going to put their country first? Yeah. You know, what's best for everyone isn't what's best for any one party. Mm-hmm. Why it's called compromise. Everybody gives up something. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets something. Yeah. When well, it's, it's funny, even in Canada, it's like, I think people need to realize, okay, forget about the country. I need to put myself first now. Because like, by if, if people were to put their country, and I put an air quotes on, around country. I know the audience can't see that. But what makes up the country? It's not a piece of land. It's not a piece mm-hmm. of paper. It's the people who make up that country, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm, that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah, I gotcha. in essence, we're saying the same thing. Um, yeah. You know, but you know, it's funny is that I, Canada doesn't have much identity right now though, because of our just unbelievable surge in, in immigrants. Um, it is, it is it feels to me like a country with no identity what is canadian nobody knows you know you used to be in into a lot of the world you'll think okay there's going to be a moose in that image there's going to be a, a guy with a beard wearing flannel red and black flannel and there's maple syrup for sure right he's a canadian you know him out and it's weird because uh, like i don't know I used to think, okay, Canada is this. And, you know, even as a child, I remember tons of Italian people around. And now there's like hardly any. And it's, 
it's just crazy, man. Like, I think everybody here, we have so many people here that have fled some terrible, terrible conditions. Um, and, and, you know, rightfully so. Like, if I were, if I lived in a lot of the countries that they lived in, I would want to come here as well. I don't blame them in any way, shape, or form. And it is an amazing life that we have here, um, that I've had here. But it's so weird because when you're fleeing something so bad, you're not thinking about the things that would, okay, let's let's maintain this standard of living or better it, right? Like they don't know Canadian politics. They don't know how the West works. They really don't know how the West works. You know, they're fleeing from these terrible countries and they see, oh, okay, yeah, like Justin will do something to buy their votes and they're like, oh, that's a great idea because they are ignorant. They just don't know. They have no clue how these, uh, these systems, this society, Western culture works. You know, they're just used to wherever they came from where they could cut your hand off if you steal something and yada yada. And, and so it's funny because when you, when you mention the people voting what's best for the country, is that I don't even know that half of the people that live in Canada understand what that would be. Like, what is this country? Well, I don't know. Uh, no, I agree that, 100%. You know, you know I, it's weird. You know, I say a lot of things idealistically because that's what I wish, right? You know? But do you think it's like that in America? Like, Oh, God, yes. But even if you're born here, I bet you minimum 55%, maybe 60 of Americans don't know what would be best for the country, for everybody yeah. at large, because they don't care. Yeah, they yeah. were raised as entitlement, you know? Yeah. It was best for me. And I think this is what happens when people are taught to think about what's best for them individually. Then you get a bunch of entitlements that want to take from everybody else and not do um, mm. you know, because human nature, who in their right mind wants to go break their back for 40 years for, you know, uh, a minimalistic lifestyle when the government can just hand you stuff and you sit on your butt and watch Judge Judy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sure. And I've been no, in it's true. other places in the world where you can do anything you want. And most people just sit there staring at the dirt. I'm hmm. like, are you stupid? I mean, hello. Hmm. You just want yeah. to go knock on their head. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's crazy, eh? Oh, we don't have anything here in our country. We got about 40 million lazy people. That's right. You don't do anything in your country. Well, we don't have resource. Yes, you do. Yeah. Is it going to be hard work for a couple of generations to build your country up? Yes. Um, Why don't you do that? Just Mm -hmm. saying. No kidding, eh? Yeah. Weird. You know, it'd be obviously not possible to do, but... In a certain sense, do you ever wish, and I kind of wish this sometimes, I wish I could live forever or maybe have a thousand or two thousand year lifespan just so that I can see, because I'm sure this is a, this is a cycle, 
right? Like, I'm convinced that things in history kind of continue and they repeat themselves, repeat themselves. I wish you could look back and be like, oh, yeah, I remember in like 17 something something in this country. It was just like this in this part of the world. You know, well, it'd be interesting. The last if you time could... we went through something like this was the Victorian era. Yeah. See, so, I, I don't, I don't know, study we went Victorian, history well enough. Then we started the Industrial Revolution, financially collapsed, built it back up through, unfortunately, war. Um, you know, and now we're on the downhill slide of, we're on the lazy side of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Cool. Is there just a bunch of powder-faced poofters walking around in the blue coat era, or Victorian era? Mm-hmm. Whew. <laughs> yep. Huh. Well, that's good. We got our dose of politics out of the way right at right at the top of the show, hey? Wha-pow. Yeah, why wait till the end of the show to alienate our audience? <laughs> that's right. So you know here on Can Am Soup, you know. <laughs> we dropped the eight right up front. That's right. You know, um Yeah, it's so funny. I'm kind of at the point where I'm kinda of like piss on it. You know, like I remember during like during the when the pandemic first started happening, I did some social not a lot. I did the odd social media post about my thoughts, my view of the COVID, right? And all this stuff. And I my view has not changed one single bit. Like it was not it was a dishonest move and I, I haven't pinpointed I don't care. At least I like I didn't I didn't get vaccinated. I, I think the vax is a hoax. I think it was all a hoax. And I did some stuff on social media and I got a lot of backlash. But I'm also kind of at the point where now where I'm like, I don't care. I I am going to say what I think. I'm going to spout my mouth. I may be wrong. I may end up realizing that a couple of weeks, a couple of days, a couple of months, years. Oh, that was wrong. But I don't know. I, I just feel like saying, you know what? Say what you feel Say what you think. Don't don't worry about hurting other other people's feelings because they, their feelings will get hurt no matter what you do. You know, I don't know. Every now and then, I just have this desire to be abrasive and surly, just like kind of get under people's skin, rub people the wrong way. <laughs> it's bad for business, though. <laughs> How dare you! I know, right, <laughs> Greta. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that she hasn't been uh, attacked more than she has been. I know. You know, uh, an alleged person of Jewish faith saying, I stand with Hamas with her little... Did she say that? Yes, and her little I Hitler uh, uh, autism toy behind her. Wow. I did not know she said that. Oh, yeah. Wow. This crazy. Jew stands with Hamas. And it was oh, wow. a little of, I don't know if it was her family or uh, just her and her friends. But. <laughs> oh, my word. That's hilarious. <laughs> this little Jew went to market. This little Jew stayed home. <laughs> this Jew stands with Hamas. <laughs> this little Jew went to Auschwitz. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. 
And then when she caught flack, not just for saying, not for what she said, but the Hitler thing behind her, um, she's like, well, I didn't know about the uh, symbolism of that. You know, it's a very popular, very common uh, toy for autistic children or children with autism that, uh, you know, they use for comfort and focus. And it's clearly a little white... uh, Octopus, stuffed octopus, with Hitler hair and Hitler mustache. And there's really? only one thing in history that you can construe from that hairline and that mustache. Yeah. You know. That's crazy. You no, know, Adolf ruined it for everybody. <laughs> that's right. Huh. That's not so. <clears throat> what? And did it hear this a little? Uh, did Hitler? Is the Volkswagen Beetle his car? His or, or, or the, it was a German car, yeah. That was started during the war. Yeah, and wasn't he the wasn't he the one who kind of spearheaded the project? Like I've I've heard people say before in the past that the Volkswagen Beetle over okay, it's allegedly his idea to have a inexpensive, reliable car for the masses. It would have been like yes. the Model T that Henry Ford did or Model A. Gotcha. You know, yeah. that I mean he stole the idea from Henry Ford. Hank, yeah. That's what he wanted. Yeah. But it's kind of, it was, if, cause have you heard that before? Like it's, that was his car, yes, that yeah, expression. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, why I'm, cool. I laughed. One, I don't like them. Two, <clears throat> I laugh at the countries where they're the most popular. It is hilarious. <laughs> it's to me. true. Right. It's true. You know, it's funny. The, the more liberal, the more hippie, the more popular. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really, people? I know. I was thinking, you know, when they start tearing down statues and renaming sports teams, why don't they make it illegal to have a Volkswagen Beetle? Because <laughs> I still think that. When I think one, I'm like, oh, there's Adolf's car. He's the one who brought that. Like, and maybe it's wrong or maybe, it, you know, got attributed to him incorrectly, but that's what I, where my mind goes. Like, that's Hitler's car. And that's what I've heard, you know. Um. Yeah, my Ava, she's going to be 16 next summer. And so she wants a car and she's looking for a car. She wants a Beetle so bad. And we found one, but it's a, it's a decent price, but it needed a bunch of work. And I'm like, who who's going to do the work? <laughs> you know, like realistically, and I, I feel terrible, but there's a certain point where you have to just look at reality. I, I, I feel like, okay. Right now, do we have time to add a vehicle restoration project to our schedule? No. Okay, so what are what are we going to stop doing? You know, we need to free up one evening a week at least. And the, at that point, it'll still probably take several months to get this thing running. But what are we going to stop doing so that we can have one evening a week to work on this vehicle? Nothing. You know, and so it's like, well, then realistically, I think we need to just keep looking and let's buy a vehicle that runs and drives. Now, now maintenance things come up here and there. You know, you got to replace a CV axle. You got to do the brakes, stuff like that. Not a big deal. But let's find a car that's a good solid runner so that we don't have to invest a whole bunch of time that we're going to have to take from somewhere else, you know. So she's looking for one, a car. And then my oldest, we went and looked at a pickup, a 78 Dodge. 
it was a cool truck um only bummer is the guy had swapped out the axles to make it a hunting vehicle and so he really wanted it to you know a lot of times guys want to put it in the four-wheel drive low and just be able to idle up a hill and so he geared this thing down with the the axles and so it doesn't even do it doesn't even do 65 miles an hour it's like yeah it'll do 60 it likes 55 better and and I told him, I said, dude, you're not going to want to be stuck on the highway at that speed. If you want to pass somebody on the highway, you're, you can't. Like, you know, passing someone on a two-lane highway requires more than just doing like five kilometers an hour or more. You need to be able to goose it for a moment, you know. But a couple uh, looking for two vehicles right now and fun, fun. I actually enjoy hunting for cars. Do you like shopping for vehicles? I used to. I don't yeah. anymore. You're, yeah, because, well, you're, you're, you're usually buying brand new stuff now, yeah. aren't you? Um, no? I am now, but uh almost bought a low mileage first gen uh, Dodge truck, 1990, uh, 12 valve, uh, one ton. Mm-hmm. Almost bought that last week, hmm. uh, but I didn't. Hmm. So why don't, why don't you like freaking tractor and yeah, if they ever get one. Yeah. No, no updates on that yet. No jerks. Middle of the week came and gone. Uh, I didn't hear nothing, hmm. but that's fine. I'm not, I couldn't have gone to go get it like today anyway, or do the paperwork. Hmm. Yeah, have yeah. something else going on. Yeah. You got a podcast. You can't, you can't just be doing things on Fridays, you know, when you got a podcast to do. No, you can't. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. So I had to, so yesterday I texted you. And for our listeners, you, they, I'm sure they've noticed we we don't really have any agenda when we come into these things. It's just whatever we're hot and bothered with at the moment we talk about. And we, you and I have talked before about maybe coming up with uh, topics. And I was like, that's a good idea. And then, I don't know. We just don't. But I, I, I don't know what it was, but I was thinking yesterday when I was working. Um, maybe I'll, I won't say exactly why, but because I'll give that as one of my answers. But about I was thinking about tools, you know, and, and I've got tools, you've got tools, we all want tools. And I was thinking, you know, there's some tools that make you money. And there's some tools that I just love to love using like they're satisfying what they do is just like oh man that is so fun and then there's some tools that you love that's like i love this tool never use it but i love it and then maybe these are tools where it's like you know what this i thought this would be valuable i thought i would use this but it is a complete waste so i texted that to you yesterday and we just want to pick uh like one heading and then we'll just you give an answer i'll give an answer we'll kind of work through the list like that no that's fine Right on. Okay, so here, let me see. I'm gonna. Okay, first one. I wanted to give it to you just so you had a little time to think about it too, rather than hitting you on the spot. What is the your favorite tool that you've ever owned, either past, present, favorite tool, and why? Any tool. I I have mentioned this tool in passing a long time ago, like when we first started the show. Mm-hmm. It still holds true. It's my hardly use it nowadays, but I used to use it. Um, 
three, four, five times a week. Uh, but, you know, right now I don't use it. It's a hammer. Mm-hmm. It's an actual, uh, it was a product that was designed and made for charity by Tim Allen based on his tool time uh, character. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's the art. The hammer. It was made by a legit tool company that, you know, makes, they're like the hammer version of Liam Hoffman axes. But anyway, so I got one, and they were expensive back then. This is like 25, 30 years ago, right? They were almost 100 bucks. But all the money went to, ch- to a charity. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's a, there were two types. One came later, but the original was a, uh, like a framing style hammer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, eh, you know, it's for charity. I like Tim Allen. Uh, like, yeah, I'll get it. It may sit on my desk until I got it and used it. And then I used it and then I used it and used it and used it. And I have helped build houses, sheds, Barns, uh, did, uh, you know, woodworking, all kinds of stuff with it. Uh, worked hmm. on cars with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. And it's the most comfortable, uh, most well-balanced hammer I have ever used in my entire life, bar none. You still have it? Yes. You get, Can you send me a picture of that? I want to see what it is, what it looks like. It looked just like a regular hammer, but just in the details. Yeah, it looks like a hammer. Huh. That's crazy. In fact, when we were talking about this, I went and just I periodically, maybe once every two years, I go look, see if there's any that are still in good shape or unused for sale. Mm-hmm. I found one. Oh, really? And uh, so I'm gonna buy another one. Cool. That's a, that's a, that's a cool answer. You know, it's, it's hard to say favorite tool in in my mind because I don't know. Oh, that is sweet. That is a cool looking hammer. And it, mine, um, mine still looks that good. Hmm. And I've used it countless times. Um, I still have the rondelle in the handle, um, my finish still looks like that, except on the head, hmm. on the face. Um, yeah. And it's bigger than it looks. And trust me, it's a framing, a legit framing hammer. Huh. And you let that thing slide down to where you're holding that swell in the mm-hmm. handle, you could put some force on that thing. Hmm. That's cool. You know what I'm going to say? Uh, <clears throat> my favorite tool also is a hammer. Um, and I think the reason why is because I remember when I, it was the first decent quality tool I bought. Maybe not like I, I, the first tools I ever bought was a, uh, craftsman, whatever the three hundred eighty some odd piece, whatever it was, ratchet socket set and wrench set. I loved it when they had those mechanic sets back in the day, screwdrivers, wrenches, sockets, and you know, the basic mechanic tools and i bought that 
I was like 13 or 14 years old. And I left it in the box for a year or two. I knew that I would need it eventually, but I didn't really have any need for it at the time. And, uh, but the first tool that I remember seeing somebody else have using and then being like, oh, should I spend my hard earned money was an Estwing ball peen hammer. And I remember I was working in, in Richmond, BC, which is right, basically Vancouver. And, you know, we're doing tons of these anchors, like concrete anchors, drill a hole with an SDS bit, you know, pound in this three eighths inch anchor and then tight wedge anchor, tighten it up. And I remember I was using, I think it was my uncle had an S-wing ball peen. And I remember using that and just the way that it hit, just the balance of it. I was like, this, there's something else here. And then it had the blue cushion grip. Uh, my un- uncle actually had a leather-wrapped uh, ball peen S-wing hammer, which was super hard to find. But um, And I remember I finally thought, you know what, that's it. I'm going to go buy one of these. And I bought this hammer, and I... Even yesterday, I used it. I had to bend a piece of steel. Like, I was making a new little bracket for my chop saw stand. And, man, I go grab that, and I pull it out, and I'm like, oh, man, there's something about this tool. And, like, again, I'm like you, I, I don't use it all the time. But, and even the ball peen I use mostly now isn't that one because the one that I have out on my bench is the one that I'm willing to grab when my hands are covered in epoxy. You know, if I'm pounding handle scales together or something. And so that one stays out on my bench and inadvertently that's what I use. If I got to, you know, punch a center hole, a center punch or something like that. But uh, yeah, I think if of all my my tools, the one that, that means the most to me that I love the most, it's, it's a ball peen hammer, my S-wing. That's funny. Hammers are pretty useful, you know? Oh, yeah. they, can, they, they can do fine work. We always called them if we ever had to do precision adjustments with a hammer. It, it wasn't a hammer. It was a knockometer. Just give it a little knock, you know. Starter's not working. Just get the knockometer and see what's wrong with it. But oh, absolutely. Cool. And everything's a hammer. That's right. Everything's a hammer. Everything's a pry bar. Yep. But not <laughs> everything is a wrench. No, this is true. Only a wrench is a wrench. Vice grips are wrenches. <laughs> okay next one here what is a tool that has made you the most money and then i would say this is likely going to be a power tool but it may not be but i want to be like specifically because of the fact that it allowed you to do something that allowed you to earn a living quicker more efficient whatever mine's an obvious one but what's yours or do you have one maybe a tool that changed the game leveled up what you were able think, to do or um, something going from contractor grade woodworking tools up to professional level so when mm-hmm. i got a cabinet saw instead of a contractor saw when yeah. i got a you know a industrial planer instead of a mine was delta but it's the same thing as the dewalt planers you know mm-hmm. when i leveled up hmm. it took the efficiency and quality of everything you did the first time just off the chart hmm. that's cool and there's so no there's way a- to quantify it until you do it you know what i mean there's no way to mm-hmm. think in your mind wait you know is it really going to be that much better yes really like even the planer is that much different hey it was and yes 
Is it because of speed? A tiny bit quieter. It? It, um, wider, smoother. Knives lasted longer. Hmm. More efficient on electricity, you know. Mm-hmm. That's cool. No, I mean, way easy to, you can actually, um, without pulling your hair out and going crazy and spending 18 days trying to do it, you can adjust out snipe, you know. But really? also, also when you, when I say that, anybody that does woodworking professionally will not even waste time doing that. They'll, you know, get it within spec and then you cut your boards two foot longer than they need to be. Yeah, yeah. You just let it snipe yeah. on the end and move on. Yeah. Because you'll always be a couple, you know, a hundred thousandths of snipe, you know, whatever. Yeah. But what really, where's the limit on woodworking? You know, it depends. That's mm. the answer. But, hmm. So what I learned, you know, every board has two sides. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't have the snipe on the top of the tabletop. You know, if you yeah, if yeah. you have to have it. Mm-hmm. But could you trace it down to which tool has made? I guess it's hard. Like if you're making a table, you know that, and if you sell that table for X amount of dollars, all those tools were required for it. But um, could you find this one that just allowed you to work faster? Make any way to quantify which tool made you the most money? I have an obvious one. You want me to give mine? Yeah, go ahead. Drum sander. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just for the simple fact that I used to, I used to these silly signs, and I'm not a woodworker. I don't profess to be. <laughs> I mean, I'm, it's for Pete's sakes. It's like uh, spruce boards, right? I mean, softwood. Uh, but yeah, I used to by hand. I, I had to do a couple of them. This what this what kind of made me think about it. Yesterday, I was doing a couple of them. Uh, they were really uh, tacoed. Like, there's a lot of cupping in the board. And so much so that, like, I've, I've gotten to the point now where I don't plane my boards. I used to plane them. But now, instead, I have two drum sanders. One with an 80-grit paper and then one with a 220. And so, the 80-grit is kind of what I do to kind of flatten and smooth them out. And then 220 puts a nice finish on it and boom, boom. And then there's a couple that were so cattywampus that I thought, man, this is going to take too many passes. Every now and then, you get a really badly cupped board. Usually, it's one pass through the 80, one pass through the 220, and you're done. But I had a couple that I was like, okay, so I got my little jointer out. I've got a little tabletop jointer with, with you know, a helical cutting head on it. And I, you know, flattened this board out. And then the bottom was so, like, curved that it wouldn't sit properly through the, the drum sander. It was kind of... It wouldn't sand it flat across the whole top. So I was like, I'll just do these with my random orbital sander. So I put a couple of these boards aside and I started doing them. And I realized, man, this sucks. And then I was like, I used to do all signs like this. I used to spend eight, 10 hours a day on a random orbital sander. And I remember I would wake up after sleeping the whole night and my hand would still be buzzing like from the vibration. And, and I was like, oh, and it, it was limiting. You, you're only so fast, right? And so I can say unequivocally, well, within the last, let's say the last five years, the tool that has made me the most money is the drum sander because it allowed us to go from about 20 to 40 signs a day to 200 signs a day. 
So there's my there's my money maker. And you know, when you look at it, the first one I bought was like twelve hundred bucks, I think. And then <clears throat> the gear drive went out on that. It was still under warranty, but it was gonna be like three weeks till it came, and this was our rush, and so I bought a new one, heavier, beefier one. And uh you, like that machine pays for itself in a week, less than one week. You know, if I wanted to have five of them in a row and run them all at once with their own, each having its own dust collection, that would be a worthwhile investment because you know, I wouldn't speed up that much, but it's amazing how much. Uh, and, you know, the, I, I listen to a lot, a lot of people talk about drum sanders and so many people say, oh, the one tool I regret buying was my drum sander. And I, I get it. Like, I mean, there's not often I use it, but for my specific case in point, it's almost like it was factory made, you know, it's almost like a custom tool to, to meet my needs. But that's mine. That the drum centers. Oh, I, I don't know everybody, obviously. But one of the things I believe, because I've had one for a very long time, and I had frustration with mine, mm-hmm. you have to take an inordinate amount of time to get the thing set up correctly and parallel to the bed um, mm-hmm. and use the right grit with the right wood at the right time, or you will get burns, resin marks, gouges. Mm. Oh, yes. You know, yeah. It won't work right. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't take too much off. Uh, and once I, you know, studied on it, tried and tried and tried, went and bought some you know, not inexpensive uh, wood that I was just going to use as a test bed. Um, I had nothing but problems. Now I can go use it, set it up uh, for what I'm doing and roll merrily along. Mm -hmm. Because those stupid rolls of uh, abrasive are not cheap anymore. No, no. Yeah, that's true. We had to sign a guy who wanted his three foot by four foot. And I have like just the, what do I have now? It's a super max, but it's it's still an open end, you know, one open side drum sander. And I was like, oh, no, it wasn't three by four. It's a little less than that, but it was enough where I, I was like, you wanted a whole bunch of boards put together. And so it kind of, I, I jointed the edges of them put them together and then I, I glued them all to a piece a real thin like a I think it was an eighth inch plywood backer just so I had something keeping everything together because I didn't want to snap and then I was like I wonder if it's possible to just drum send this whole thing and I thought well I guess I'll find out how off this thing is put the first side through did a couple of passes got a nice smooth finish flipped it around it went to the same depth and you could not tell where the line was and I was actually pretty impressed because I never spent a lot of time fussing with it, but obviously it's set up pretty, pretty nicely. Like it's amazing one side and then do the other side. And you literally would think the entire thing was sanded at one time. But I was pretty excited to see that. But yeah. And it, I don't know. It's one thing like even now, like yesterday I was building a, a sign that had some framing, a frame around it and the wood that I bought, it's fine. But I was like, you know what? That would look a little better touched up. So I just, you know, lift up the, the roller on my drum sander and slide her through a couple times. And you just got such a beautiful finish. And, oh, I I love that thing, man. It is so nice. 
you should start putting handle scales through there and everything, you know. <laughs> but cool. So, I, what about you? Can you think? Can you pinpoint to a specific tool? Probably my now, given your, you know, criteria. The criteria. Um, what what has made me the most money? For the money and time I put into it using this tool, my wood lathe. Hmm. Because, yeah, that makes sense. Um, you can make something like a bowl or a platter relatively fast once you're good at it. And then you can sell it for more than you think you can. Hmm. You know. The, How much do you sell like, uh, like say you got like an eight inch, you know, standard fruit bowl or something like that. What, what would you sell something like that for? It depends. Um, yeah. Are you using it for art or utility? Because those are, now, it could be the same bowl, but are you selling it as art or as utility? Hmm. And, honestly, and, you know, a utility bowl, you know, 20, 30, 40 bucks, um, same bowl, art, maybe made out of a different wood, 250 hmm. or more. You know, that's crazy. Yeah, I didn't have a price on the first bowl or platter I sold at all. And the lady, when she said, "Oh, would you take this for it?" I about choked. Huh? I never dreamed someone would offer me that much money for something. Huh? Um, and I was like, and something got a hold of me and wouldn't let me speak for a second. And I'm like, well, I don't know. And then she upped it by couple you know oh, wow. i'm like yeah okay i'll give it to you for that that's funny i didn't want to undersell if she's willing to give me you know and this was a little oh eight inch like cheese platter round okay. it was made out of zebra wood and i think she offered me 265 oh wow just off the just off jump street and i'm like well, i don't know and <laughs> You know, then she was like, all right, uh, 280. Okay. Huh. That's crazy. And then the bowl I still have upstairs. It's a bowl platter. <clears throat> um, she offered me, because she wanted like, oh, do you have anything? I took a picture of that. And because uh, I think that's the best thing I've ever turned ever. Um, so I kept it myself. And she offered me five bills for that thing. Oh, wow. Like, Holy cow. No. That's crazy. Um, and, and every once in a while, I'll go uh, dump all the soy sauce and ketchup packages out of it that my wife uh, <laughs> tries to ruin it with and, you know, clean it up, <laughs> put walnut oil back on it, and then put everything back in it. Put it back That's on top funny. of the microwave, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, no uh, one will put keep your ego in check like your wife, let me tell you. That's right. This is That's what I right. think of your art, buddy. <clears throat> That's right. Oops, I dropped it. <laughs> yeah, That's right. That's cool, Woodley. That's interesting. Right on. Now, I mean, because honestly, I, the tool I have that I've made the most money with is my brain. Yes, yes. And my hands, yeah. you know, as a combo. Yeah. Um, but, you know. Yeah, no, this is this is just something that there. no, because this is also like 
something that is accessible to every single person, right? Well, for um, a price, I can make my brain accessible. The, that's true. But it, yeah. But you know, some people, you know, uh, there's some people that have uh, skills with their hands that I will never possess. But, and so that's not something to even waste your time on. You just do the best with what you've got. Oh, yeah, uh, true. But tools, true. tools are things that we can all get. And um, then, not if you look at YouTube comments, <laughs> must be nice. But the way I see it is if you see somebody using a tool and say, like, oh, man, this thing has totally revolutionized my life, well, that is an option for me. Just by default, if it was an option for him, it's an option for me because he went out and purchased that and it sold publicly, you know? So, okay. So the next one we have, what is the most satisfying tool to use? And this is a concept that I've never, I think in the social media has really kind of opened my eyes to this, but they'll be like, show, show something like it, it could even be as simple as like, you'll see these little nozzles you can get for your caulking guns. And then they run these perfect beads that are like really long across a window. And it's like so satisfying. And so that type of uh, like, you know, just seeing it operate, seeing what it does gives you the fizz. It's like, oh, man, that's cool. Can you think of something like that? Yeah, because it was almost my uh, favorite tool. It's my most utilized. Uh, and it's just something. And it's a I keep two together. Because together, these things could accomplish almost anything uh, for a small job. You know, handyman stuff around the house, uh, on the car, on a trip, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it's a Klein Tools 11-in-1 screwdriver nut driver. Mm, yes, I have that one. And I keep it in, in a drawer in the kitchen because uh, it's like centrally located around everything. I need it, boom, there it is. And yep. there right next to it is a pair of Nipex smooth jaw uh, adjustable pliers, seven inch. Hmm. Yep. I can throw them both in my back pocket and just about get anything, fix a faucet, uh, light switch, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And so, satisfaction... Is in the the thing being done, not the thing using it. So, mm -hmm. right on. <clears throat> yeah, no, those. It's it's always nice when you get. I should. I, I've never thought about that. See, I went to Canadian Tire and I bought like a cheapo twenty some odd piece screwdriver set to keep in the garage, so that I had screwdrivers at the house. Because I'm, you know, I don't want to just walk down to the shop and grab my screwdrivers. <clears throat> but I never thought about a multi. Like these are the ones I bought are just mastercrafts. So they're junk, right? And lifetime warranty, woohoo. Because the homeowner, chances are they're never going to ruin them. But using them is gross. It's just like, yeah, these clunky handles and they're not comfortable. And, you know, you, you compare that to even a snap on or a weir. Like maybe I should look at a multi screwdriver. One good, even Klein, I like Klein stuff too. You know, just classic, got the clear handle and then the, um, you know the black rubber grip. Now, if I was I should look uh, at that, like uh, a tradesman on you know ten hours a day, mm -hmm. I would still go back to my what was used to be my one of my favorite things in, on earth. God knows why, our Klein nut driver set. Mm. You know, 
Because when mm-hmm. I was uh, doing electrical work and electrical repair, that's just about don't, what I used. I had a uh, Klein insulated screwdriver in two sizes and then a set of SAE and a set of metric Klein nut drivers. Mm-hmm. And yep. they did 90% of what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Now, I also got- had in there some Klein uh, – uh, wire stripper, crimper things that I have since thrown against the wall and into the trash can and got uh, a knee pack set. Mm-hmm. For some reason, those little things of Klein, the multi-stripper, crimper thing, mm-hmm. are crap yeah. over time. Yeah. Now they're... Uh, the... Uh, Auto stripping uh, pliers, hmm. where you just put the wire in it, you grip the handle, and it yeah, yeah. crimps it and, or strips it and flicks the rubber piece off. Mm-hmm. Been using a pair of those since the '80s; they're amazing. Hmm. But the little tiny one, you know, no moving yeah, yeah, parts yeah. except the two sides—they sucked. Yep. Maybe I just hmm. bought the wrong ones, but the knee picks ones I have are amazing. Hmm. Yeah, I got. I had to Klein one, and I, f- I found the same thing too. And so I actually have a snap-on set right now that were designed for automotive gauge wire. Yeah. But yeah, it's cool. I want a pair of the snap-on uh, side cutter, the flat side cutters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are nice. I've, I've worked with some guys that have had them. I've never bought them myself, but. <clears throat> Okay, so my most satisfying one isn't, um, this is purely based on use, and it's my sandblast cabinet. I just I just love the fact, like, okay, the, mostly I use it for knife stuff, but every now and then, like, I'll be working on a garden tractor, you know, got some motorbike projects, and it's like, I've got this old janky part, and you can take this thing, you know, fully painted, I want to get ready for painting, and you put it in there, and like 30 seconds, I just love seeing the sandblast cabinet work just you know stripping paint putting texture you name it so uh, from that aspect of like just watching it operate I, I think my most satisfying tool is my sandblast cabinet no i can see that yeah i want exciting. one so bad and i'll get one one day but i don't want to spend the money for a really really nice one like industrial one mm-hmm. but i want one that front opening not side yeah. opening yeah so. Have have you seen uh, Harbor Freight has one that I I wish if it wasn't so expensive to ship it up here I would buy one, but they have one that's like a mini sized. Like it's it's a desktop one, <clears throat> and it's got an interesting shape. I think it's it's not like a standard box. It's almost the the front sides where your hands go in are almost at like a forty five or something like that, and. I, I, if I could have gotten that one here, that's the one I would have bought, I think. Just because I don't need, like, like what I use it for, 99% of what I use my blast cabinet for is for knives. And it's like, how big is a, is a knife? 12 inches long? That's plenty big enough for me, you know? I mean, it is kind of nice. There's been the odd project, like, if I have to do, uh, you know, like a, a rear, uh, I lost this arm swing arm on a motorcycle right you want to knock the paint off that it is kind of nice to be oh that fits in my blast cabinet let's give this a 
a shot and it'll take, you know, five minutes to remove all the paint and have something ready to put a new coat on. But mostly I just use it for small things. But yeah, if I had a Harbor Freight near me, that's, that would be the one that was in my, in my, uh, shop. I would have to say. Okay, let's see. Okay. Here's the next one that I texted you. A tool that you love, <laughs> but you never use. I've got a lot. <laughs> I actually thought about this quite a bit. Um, and I had a few, but I, I would narrow it to my just high 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 end uh multimeter oh no kidding so what 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 features does this one have to make it high all of end them. Uh. all of them and huh. it's uh it's a uh, oh god it's a fluke it is a fluke and it's the one, they don't make it anymore, and mm. when they started building more offshore, and some one of the models I think they make in Europe. Anyway, but it is almost every. It's the one that AVE was just saying, man, they need to make this one again because this is the only good one they made. You mm. know, that did that did everything. Yeah, and then he was so mad about it because his broke. Well, he broke his, but anyway. Um, I, I, I want to sell him mine for a lot, a lot of money. You uh, should try but, it. Cause I, <laughs> you should do I, it. I bought it. I was using it and then, uh, I don't anymore, hmm. you know, and when I <clears throat> need one, I'm not going to grab this thing. That's that big and that heavy. I'm going to grab the, my little, uh, Klein multimeter is made for home electricians and move on. Mm-hmm. It's home and automotive, but. Yeah, it's still pro level, but yeah, yeah. Now, if I was doing more automotive stuff, I would certainly get a uh, the snap on mm. meter. But anyway, yeah, yeah. I've uh, this is one that's uh, almost impossible for for me because I have so many tools that I love them and I just don't use them. <laughs> uh, first thing that comes to my mind is... Um, <clears throat> Talking gun. <laughs> that's exactly it in my Milwaukee. <laughs> that's 100% what I was just about to say. And then I also, uh, to broaden that out, I have a lot of Milwaukee <laughs> tools that I really like, but I just don't use. Like when I was doing tiles... And this was actually legit. Like, you know, we were, we we're doing tiles and I had two bathrooms, the whole bathrooms, like a lot of tile work, plus our entire kitchen backsplash at our old house. And to mix up the grout, you need a mixing gun, right? And I looked and they are expensive. I thought, oh, it's going to be the price of a cheap drill. But it's not because it's got a bigger motor and it's got a big gear reduction in that motor. And so, of course, I went and I bought the Milwaukee cordless version of a mixing gun and it is phenomenal but i use that that one job and then it's ne- have, and i won't use it until the next time i do tile or drywall 
But uh, so I was, I was thinking there's a lot of things. But then again, I'm also like, I had to mix the, the stuff somehow. And especially when you're doing like entire, like five gallon pails worth of thin set mortar at a time. It's like, whatever. There's nothing wrong with me not owning that since then because, you know, I saved a lot of money doing that work myself. But I, I think probably the biggest ticket item one that I really like and I just don't use much at all would be my TIG welder. I love that thing. It is. I forget which, what, what one is it? It's the Lincoln, I, what is it? I forget. TIG 210 or two, TIG 200, I think. So it's not <clears throat> not a high-end machine, but it's not junk. It does AC, DC, and it, it, I haven't found anything to fault with. I'm granted I'm not a talented welder. Um, it's not like I could like weld pop cans together or razor blade edges, but for every little thing that I've wanted to do, it has been so first of all, easy to use. Like just okay, very intuitive. They give you all these guides. This is how thick it is. Okay, let's just dial it in. And man, you just start using it. And with the foot control, it's like I need a little more juice, I need a little less juice. It just Man, uh, that could almost be my one of my most satisfying tools to use as well. Like when you just light up and you start forming a puddle and then when you can control the size of that puddle and oh, I, that's, that's uh, <clears throat> a tool I love. One of my favorite tools that I just really don't use much at all. I probably haven't welded anything with it for five months, probably. But am I going to sell it anytime soon? Absolutely not. Because when you need it, you got it. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, you know, you're right on with that caulking gun. <laughs> I had owned it for just like six. No, I had I'd probably owned it almost a year before I used it. And that was in that video. And then that was the last time I used it. <laughs> but you know what? I'll have some big home renovation. We'll do something like replace all the windows in this house or whatever. Who knows? And next thing you know, that thing will be, you know, when you know when you go out and you buy like caulking by the box. You get oh, a box yeah. of however. That's when you're like, aha, I knew there's a reason why I got well, this and tool. Once you've had to caulk by hand for years, you're like, it sucks. Yeah. And if you got the right, if you know how to cut your tip or you have the tips to put on it, you have something that will consistently feed without the start and stop of having the hand pump. Mm -hmm. You can lay down a phenomenal bead that'll save you time in the end because you're not having to go back and dress it as much. Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> is it yeah. worth it? Probably, you know, but do you have to work every day to be able to justify it? No. Yeah. All you have to be able to afford it. That's right. That's right. And then I've got a whole host of other tools. You know, bought a, a tubing rolling machine from Princess Auto. And... I had a project I was thinking of, so I was like, oh, better get this tool. And it's just like a manual one. You know, you got the three rollers, and you can put different dies in, and I think it'll do from three-quarter inch to like two-and-a-half-inch uh, round pipe uh, tubing and never use it once. Still have it. It's pretty big. I mean, I've got if, – if I was in my garage at home, I would have gotten rid of it by now because it takes up room, but I've got room, so it's just up in the mezzanine and – even now, Steph wants me to make like um, a six foot diameter Christmas wreath to hang on the barn. And I'm like, aha, I've got the right tool for that. So I might just do like a skeletonized, 
you know, take, I don't know, three sixteenths, just round bar yeah, and make about three or four or five hoops and then kind of weld them together to make them like three dimensional cross section that she can wrap and garland and do that. But it's one of those things like, you know what, I bought this tool for a different project, ended up not doing the project. Yep, no, this one might be reason enough to be like, sweet, you know. Any, uh, so that was, uh, I think that was all the ones that I had texted you. Did you think about any, do you have anything you want to add to that? Tool uh, questions? Not necessarily points? a category, but one of the things that I've been uh, focused on is I would like another set of new old stock Old school, made in USA, craftsman tools. Yes. And I found uh, the complete screwdriver set still in the packaging. Never hmm. been opened. NOS, right? New old stock. Mm -hmm. I got them. And you can be in the next room from, the, from this package of screwdrivers. And, and you can smell... Yeah. those old school craftsman handles that are deteriorating, killing the ozone layer, you know? Yeah. And everybody who knows, knows that's, you know, yeah, you got some craftsmen. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> but it's like jet fuel exhaust to me. I yeah. love the smell. Yeah. That's funny. So now I need, uh, next thing I want is the, they weren't, I don't know that I know this, but I think this is almost kind of accurate, sort of, that, you know, the new uh, trend in uh, hand tools for ratchets is to be longer and thinner? Yes. All right. At some point, back, way back, um, there was a time when Craftsman had done that. And I think uh, one other brand did it, but it, but they were called, you know, like specialty or long reach or something. But uh, I had a set of thin, long craftsman ratchets from hmm. uh, about four inches up to 24 inches. And, you know, they grew legs. Hmm. Uh, That's a bummer. Mr. Guillotine would like to meet the person. Who own those legs? Yeah, trust me. But that's so now I'm looking for uh, some of those. I found somebody has them for sale, but they're they look like they were buried in Egypt for four thousand years. Mm. Um, that's, so a that's a big no. Yeah, I was just looking. Uh, have you ever been to GarageJournal.com? No. So it used to be pretty good just checking it they used to have uh classifieds on there and that's where you could find the like, guys would have like you know this mechanics wrench set nos like new and and you could buy all kinds i bought a lot of tools from guys and even like old snap-on stuff they don't make anymore but i can't find their uh just checking it out i cannot find their uh classified section anymore because I'd bought in quite a few wrenches and sometimes, you know, you lose a wrench. So you got to, you buy like the offset wrenches that are snap on and 
you remember, oh shoot, I left this out on this one rig and it's gone, whatever. You lost one of these things. To buy a single wrench off the Snap-on trucks, like who knows how much. You know, it's a lot better value when you buy whole sets. And a lot of times you'll find guys selling just one or two of these wrenches on there. But I don't, I can't see their classifieds anymore. Because it used to be really good. Like I'd probably buy something at least once a month off of there. Sometimes, you know, once a week. A couple times a week I'd see something and there's certain there's some guys I worked with they like the the craftsman handles that when they kind of went to that more bulbous shape and they kind of tapered towards the back of the handle absolutely love those he would buy those all the time it's like oh yeah I found a whole set here I'm gonna buy a new one you know a new set you know but yeah the garage journal used to be phenomenal it's too bad they don't have their classifieds anymore yeah, it kind of looks like they went ads and commercial. Yeah, because it used to be like a real grassroots thing, and it it was it felt like a forum. The entire thing felt like a forum, and you, know, you send pictures of your garage. And it was, I love the idea, like the, the garage gallery, and it's like send pictures of your garage. And I've spent like probably too much time just staring at other people's garages and how they're set up, and the whole idea of like. Hey, let's just talk about garages and your tools and where you, you're going to work and tinker and putter. Oh, I love that idea. Start a YouTube channel, Garage Tours. <clears throat> well, that was a cool discussion around tools. Yeah. I love um, it. Holy crap. What? I just looked at how long we've been going. That was oh, yeah. a good discussion. I had no 10. idea. Seems, I was yeah. like, wow, how are we going to fill up the last 45 minutes? Oh, yeah. oh wow, we're <laughs> over an hour. You know, it's funny, is it? <laughs> I, I think a lot of time you're like, hey, we should come up with a topic. I'm like, that's a great idea. And then we never do it. And then <laughs> I think we've had a topic maybe one other time. But you think about it, you, you come up with a couple simple questions. And so it kind of gives direction and drives the, the conversation. But then there's all these little sublet conversations, like a little here, a little there. And it just, it's amazing. It just fills itself out nicely. All right. So, um, not necessarily a tool that you, do you, do you have one that just stands out that you, you look at it and you hate it because it made you buy it, but you hate it. It's the worst tool you've ever bought or for some reason. Hmm. It's just stupid. Yeah, like I, I'm gonna have to try and think because I guarantee I know that feeling and I've gone through that many times, but I don't think that tool ever ever lasted like ten seconds after I felt that way. They, they all went straight to the garbage, or I like smashed them with a hammer. Um, I can't think of one specifically. And they, they've usually all been things that I'll see, like, I don't know. You, you know, they got this, like, cheap tools at, like, Harbor Freight, Princess Auto, and it, you see it, and it's like, oh. And often they're, like, very specific tools. It's this going to do this one thing for you. And then you try it, and it just sucks. And it's like, are you kidding me? I don't know. I can't think of anything. Do you have something? Oh, yeah. Anything. Any tool kit. Because I don't know anybody who would just go out and buy this thing on its own. But 
it, it comes in every toolkit, and it's worthless. Slip jaw pliers. Mm, yes. Old slip jaw pliers. The only thing <laughs> yeah, they were ever good true. for is you open them up and you put them over the wing nut on an old school air cleaner to break it loose. Yeah. That's it. That's true. I never thought about that. That but is a very useless common that, tool. They're just, they're, ah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That's fine. I never thought about. I, I got a hold of some, uh, Nipex Raptor pliers, mm-hmm. ten inch, and I'm like, now this is what a slip jaw should have always been. Mm-hmm. You know, the what's the Raptor pliers they call them? Yeah, I've never seen those, Todd. Oh wow! Ooh. Yeah. That is cool. That's cool. I'm going to have to look into those. Thanks a lot, Todd. You're spending my money for me. I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, I, I, I would think that the tools that I just, I can't think of any specific one, but by and large, it's just a blanket statement, like cheap tools. Like, you know, go to Canadian Tire and buy Mastercraft. Okay, I can live with those. Do I like them? Do I want to make a living with them? No. But as a homeowner, will they get the job done? Sure. But I'm talking when you get the super cheap, like I'm talking like like a black and decker cordless screwdriver or black and decker jigsaw. And there's a phase when they were terrible or IKEA tools. Like you can go buy a cordless you can buy cordless drill from IKEA, I think for like twenty dollars. And I'm like, are you joking me? Like if we want to save the planet, let's <laughs> let's address some of these issues here. You don't need a $20 cordless screwdriver. You either buy a new one or, or pay someone who has a real one to do the job for you. I don't know. I hate cheap, janky tools. Ugh. If you ever, like, like you had a friend's house and they, oh, can you help me do this? And it's like, sure. And it's like, oh, they bring in their tools. And I'm like, you're kidding me, right? Like, I almost feel insulted that you want me to work with this stupid an ikea tool set they sell whole tool sets at ikea and they bring those out and say <laughs> no no not happening but oh yeah, yeah yeah i mean you get one of those kits and you open it up and uh, there's no made in mark just the word taiwan or china um mm-hmm. and then the chrome's already half of it's in the bottom of the box it's falling off there's still sand from the mold You're like mm-hmm. really it's, yep you, I, my uh, in-laws bought me a kit, even though I do not need them. When we had the RV years ago, um, to throw in that, and I'm like, the first time I used the ratchet, and it wasn't even like on a head bolt; it was literally on a bolt or a kind of a bolt screw combination thing on the hinge, the door hinge. Mm-hmm. The ratchet Paul broke. Mm. <laughs> and then I go, man, this, how is this thing so tight? Just a tiny little fastener, like a 1032. I go mm. get a regular bit driver, and I'm like, barely even had to rotate my uh, wrist. I'm like, really? Mm. Really? Yeah. And the Paul broke on that? Really? That's crazy. It's not worth it. Cheap, cheap tools, like, ugh. It should be illegal. Like, you know what? If... <laughs> It's just a waste. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do. Just, nope, ban it. 
make it illegal. Bring back plastic straws to this country, but let's make cheap tools illegal. And then we could see some real improvements in the in our environment. <laughs> I mean, anything, yeah. regardless of whether it's a tool or something else, anything that requires force to be used, it should be illegal to make it out of pot metal. Mm-hmm. 100%. <clears throat> and I have seen wrenches made out of mild steel. Hmm. But not like mild steel that you go to a steel company and buy. Like mild steel, you can bend with your hand. Hmm. Like, how is this even steel? But Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. I've been using a wrench and turned it into a 90-degree wrench. Hmm. You're like, how? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, man, you must be stronger than you look. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding, eh? Right on. Well, this has been a good conversation. We should... uh we should just have every episode strictly dedicated to tools. I could talk about tools forever. I love tools. You know, that one of my favorite quotes you see every now and then is that um, the thing that says, uh, my greatest fear in life is that when I die, my wife will sell the tools, sell my tools for what I told her I paid for them. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The same thing with a gun collection, a knife collection. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Everything I own. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is that I was thinking about this the other day, like listening to that Daniel Lappin uh, book, uh, what's it called? Business Secrets from the Bible. And he talks just lately because, you know, with the stuff going on in Israel and thinking about Jewish people, it's not like I've read this book in the last six months, I don't think, but um, he talks about how you'll never find Jewish people in New York working on their vehicles. Uh, they focus on what their job is, how they make money, and they pay other people to do other things. And I was, when I was growing up, teenager and stuff, I couldn't afford to pay people to do other things. So I always looked at auto repair as something that I had to do. Like I can't, I can't pay a mechanic's rate. At that time, it was probably like 50, 60 bucks an hour Canadian. Now it's got to be 120 or more. But, and I was like, well, I'm going to buy these tools because these tools cost as, you, sometimes tools may have cost about as much as it would have cost to have a mechanic fix it. But then I've got those tools paid for. And the next time I run into a repair, you know, I'm not going to have to put the money in the tools. And so I've always looked at tools as a means to an end. Uh, started out probably as a means to save money. It's like, okay, I, I need these tools so I don't have to pay somebody else to do it. And I've always looked at it like that. And even in our discussion, you know, talking about tiles and I, I buy this cordless mixer mud mixer and it's like well i don't i'm not paying somebody to do the tile work i'm doing it myself and then thinking about that book and how you know you should only do what you do to make money i i don't know i, I think there's so many different things that work for so many different people and i'm still on the side where it's like you know what if i can figure it out and save a little money to do it myself i'm probably just going to do it myself and i don't know i i I was thinking about it, like even times when I have like, okay, my boiler's gone crazy on me again. And I'm like, do I just call a guy? So I did. Like when we were setting up the shop, I called these guys in. They were recommended to me and I had four guys here for an entire day and they didn't fix it. And I'm like, oh, this is stupid. 
and they were too busy the next day to come back. And I'm like, well, I'm going to take a look at it. I had it fixed in like two hours. And then I get a bill for $3,000. Oh, we had to put this part in. We did this. And they did do some stuff. But I'm like, this is why I do it myself. Because first of all, where are you going to find a trustworthy tradesperson these days? Very difficult to do. You, you know, they're either lazy bums or incredibly slow, or they're just straight up dishonest. Where they're just going to, you know, money, 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 you know. Um, so I don't know. I'm still of the school that I like to fix things myself and the tools, they uh, allow me to do it. And then the fact that I'm doing it myself justifies the tool purchases. You know, you know. I'm glad you brought that up. It reminded me of something that happened uh, this week. I called somebody that uh, to do some work mm-hmm. around here, tradesperson, if you will. And it's a trade... I have done, you know, some of, and in my life, I just don't want to do it at this point in my life. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not um, walking around nimbly on a metal roof young anymore. I don't <laughs> yeah, heal yeah. like I used to. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, oh, what do you need done? Explained it real quick. Told him what kind of roof I had. Um Creepily, he knew my house, but anyway. Hmm. Um, but he is local, very local. So there's that. Anyway, he's like, oh, I could do that for, you know, this much money. I'm like, what have I done to you? I've never hmm. met you. How could I have insulted you so bad that you want to do this to me? And he's like, what do you mean? I said, I used to, I used to do this. I'm just, you know of an age where I don't want to be falling off a roof. I don't heal like I used to. And he's like, what do you mean you used to do this? And I explained what I used to do. And he's like, oh, no, I don't think I'm interested in the job. Now that I know what he's (laughs) supposed to be doing and how much it should cost, he doesn't want the job. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Ain't it? (laughs) I'm like, you might as well have just, you know, said, oh, I'm here to rip you off. Yeah, no kidding, hey? God. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's an impossibility almost, you know. Is it? And, and around here, it really, truly is. Um, yeah. I've never had this problem in my life. Like if I needed a HVAC guy to come, you know, either install a new one or do something on it I can't do or I'm not comfortable doing or – if if time is money, I factor that in, and it's still cheaper to hire. Anyway, I've never had a trade need that I couldn't fill until I got to Middle Tennessee. Hmm. That's crazy. And now I have found, you know, uh, mostly reliable HVAC company. Mostly. Hmm. You know, yeah. they're, I have an issue with one of, with their calling you back, but other than that, they get here, they do a job. It's very reasonable and fast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they, and then the guy, the last time I was here, he could have ripped me off. I actually kind of asked him a little bit to rip me off because I just said, you know, I've had three problems with this so far. Let's just go ahead and replace it. 
Because mm. I'm a three strikes, you're out guy for like um, furnaces, things like that. Mm-hmm. And because I don't want to spend 4000 over five years in repair when it's just going to cost me 4000 to replace it. Yeah, yeah. So, or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But no, last time he was here, he's like, oh, I can, you know, just do this and it'll work just fine. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, you find people that are good at what they do. Man, it gets you excited about stuff, you know. And I'm willing like, to pay people a premium to do mm-hmm. it right the first time and not, you know, hose me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's funny that uh, it's kind of sad in a way, but you notice people that are really good at their job as soon as you see it. And it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's, you know, a tradesperson doing work or where I notice it often is at a restaurant. Like there's this, my parents, they got back from <clears throat> the States like, hey, we want to take you guys out for dinner one night this week. Uh, find whatever restaurant you guys want to go to, book a reservation, and we'll meet there. And so tonight we're going to this restaurant called Ria's, and it's an Italian place. And it's a, it's not fancy, but the food is delicious. Like, I've talked about it before, and it on, on, on here, like, just amazing. Like, handmade pasta. It's just the best Italian restaurant that I've ever been to. And my wife does really good italian food um but this is a place that i'm like super stoked to go to and i call him and i was gonna book a reservation I'm like hey welcome to rias how are you doing i said like, good i said can i book a reservation for six o'clock on friday afternoon yeah how many people eight eight is that everything that can help you with yep okay have a great day bye and boom you hang up i'm like this was like a 30 second conversation he was very friendly very professional and like he's on the job like his 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 job in something as simple as this is there to answer the phone and it's there to help me with my inquiry and boom, boom, boom. And he did it all. And if I'd wanted a little more chatty, he probably would have been a little more chatty, but I simply wanted to make a reservation and like 30 seconds it was done. And I walked away being like, I just made a reservation. That guy was very friendly and he didn't waste a single second of my life. You know, the phone rang once and they picked it up and it was just like, that guy's good at his job. I could just tell from that interaction I had with him. I'm like, that guy's good at his job. And man, it stands out. It, it It's like, now, it can I blasts just say, you in the face. Remember the how we started the show, that conversation? Uh, which one exactly? You know, this particular show, when you're talking about politics and the state of yes. the world and Canada and US, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. What you just said, sums it all up in the saddest possible way that it's remarkable in today's world just being able to make a freaking successful dinner <laughs> reservation that's true. in 2023. Yeah, that's true. You feel like you've won the Super Bowl because <laughs> yes. you've I... been able to make a successful dinner reservation without yeah. a big fight, just... Hey, I'd like a reservation. Okay, what day, what time? Okay, cool, got it. Thanks, bye. Yeah, cue up the Rocky music. <laughs> That's true. Isn't it? It is true. It's See, just so now, sad. now, if you get there tonight at 6 and there's actually a reservation for you and you get to sit down, run out to the parking lot and spike the football, you know? Yeah. Oh, ah! uh, no, there will be. There will be because this, the, the, it, 
I mean, we've been there twice in the last year and it's just, it's phenomenal. You know, and it's, and even like, so you go to, I, I was putting my dad's, um, he asked, like I dropped his truck off at the airport cause they were flying in and we had a pretty doozy, some roads here lately. And so he asked if, uh, he actually asked Isaiah if he could put his winter tires on for him as they didn't have time to do it. And so I was doing it and he got those little security lug nuts and there's the ones that have the little weird circular indentation on the, on the top of the, on the face of the nut, right? Like it's not like a splined driver or anything. It's just some light duty thing. And anyways, I'm just going and I get the driver's side swapped out. I go to loosen off the passenger side rear wheel and I busted the security key, the security socket. And I'm like, oh crap. And luckily like the, the little pieces came out and it's not like it was rendered it inoperable but then I look and I'm, I'm like of course I knew better than this you're not supposed to use an impact gun with these things <laughs> and so I'm like crap and so I called the dealer and I was like listen as Toyota dealer is like hey I got this whatever I need this security thing he goes Kate and I guess apparently like I called a bunch of auto parts stores and they can't sell them to you they can sell you brand new sets with the actual thing but they won't sell you just a socket for obvious security reasons um but the dealer says there's so many variations of them. If if you can bring in either the the nut you that that it matches, which I can't access now, or the vehicle. So, anyways, the same kind of experience. I drive there. It's a Country Hills Toyota park. I walk up to the parts counter, and there's one guy sitting there. He's doing something on his computer. He put over, hey, what can I help you with? And I said, hey, I just called somebody about this. He goes, oh yeah. And so he knew about it, and they had they have like a little assortment of them in this little hard plastic case and some guy that I talked to told him that I was going to be coming in and put it on the counter he goes oh yeah they told me you're going to come in grabbed it and he goes let's go check it out and just walk straight out there click fit it up boom walk back and like five minutes later I was driving back home and I'm like I, I same thing it's like this is great service you know when I think about going to an auto dealer to get a part I'm like oh great that's why they've got couches in there and like stale burnt coffee because you're going to be in there forever, but it's just weird in, in today's day and age. And like you with tradespeople, like if you found a guy to do your roof job, he's like, yep, this is the rate, this is this, and I'll be done. Man, you'd be shocked, you know? It's just, man, it's crazy. Different times we live in, Todd. Oh, yeah. But. Oh, yeah. Anything uh, exciting happening over the weekend for you guys? I don't know. We got, um, so some of our friends, one of my friends, uh, his name's Frank, and he's a phenomenal chef. He's the guy who got me turned on a sous vide brisket and stuff. Uh, we talked, I think in February, we came up with this concept. Like after church on Sunday, because like we have two services on Sunday morning, 9 and 11, and then we serve at both of them. But we ended up visiting so long after. Like often we don't leave church till like 2, 2.30. Pretty much they're shutting the lights off in the place. And we're like, why don't we just tailgate after church? <laughs> and we thought, that's a great idea. And uh, and so we thought, yeah, sure. let's. And we're like, talked about it a couple of weeks ago. It's like, great, the, the entire summer's gone. It's like, let's just pick a day and do it. And so uh, this Sunday, we're doing a tailgate. So I'm bringing our pizza oven there. He's going to... We'll have some barbecue set up and uh, it's kind of just like bring whatever you want, 
however you want. Sort of like a potluck, but we're going to try to do it outside if we can. If not, we've got one of the uh, one of the senior pastors is going to be, he's uh, on the list. He's going to be tailgating with us. Obviously, it'd be like a tailgate party, but without the beer. But I'm excited because we've got our one uh, friend, Aboli. She's an amazing, amazing chef. She's from India. Not a chef, she's a cook, but uh, she's bring, she makes the best Indian food. Like, I've had her Indian food, and it is so good. She's bringing that. We've got, oh, we've got a lot of stuff lined up. It's going to be fun. Probably be the highlight of the weekend. As long as we're not freezing too hard. <clears throat> but, yeah. Yeah, and then I got a... Feel like I'm behind on videos. I gotta get my laser pecker. They keep asking when I'm gonna put out that video, and I'm like, soon. When you change <laughs> the name of your company? Yeah, that's right. Well, to be fair, I had some serious issues with their app, and there's a and even now, like I'm gonna have to say it in my reviews that there's a few things in it that are clunky, like just like they have these scroll menus that you like a wheel you kind of go up and down what are you engraving you click aluminum and it'll always go back to whatever the last one was and you have to do it probably three times before it remembers and at the next one i'm doing wood and i click wood and i hit okay then it'll show up aluminum and then i go no wood okay aluminum wood okay oh now it says wood so i don't know and in my mind they need to do it works great but it is it is not as smooth as intuitive as i wished it would be that's not the only time i've heard that no really one of the uh foundry people i watch on uh youtube windy hill foundry laser pecker sent him one and he had issues with the app as well Mm -hmm. yeah it was two days i couldn't even use it like i i couldn't get it turned on like the computer one worked just fine uh but the dumb thing is from the computer uh you can't use the rotary they don't have an option to use that. So if you want to do tumblers or whatever, and you can't use their extension bed from the computer app, only from the iPhone or, or iPad app. And to me, that's kind of a fail. It's like, what if I don't have one of those? I only have a computer. I should be able to, you know, so. Yeah, no, it's a it's a good product, but it's just these couple little things, a few little tweaks, and they could be so much better than they are, but we'll see. And then... Yeah, X Tool keeps asking, "Oh, do you want the F1?" I'm like, "No, why not?" It's like, because I have a laser packer. <laughs> like, in a certain sense, I'm like, "Yes, I should say yes to every single laser that ever comes my way." But then I'm also like, "What am I gonna do? Just sell these?" Like, yeah, no. And then yeah, I'm working on a collaboration that I haven't said too much about. And then. Oh, one thing I did, I haven't shared anything on socials about this, but a couple of years ago, maybe two years ago, I bought some some multi-layer cladded steel. And it was just mild steel. Um, did you ever see that stuff? I don't know. That it was a sand mine. Yeah. So it was a sand mine, and I ended up making a last-ditch, no, uh, yeah, a last-ditch necker with it. And the core steel, I ended up getting a crack right in the middle of the core steel, not like between the layers, but in the middle. And I talked to the company, they said sometimes the stress of the cladding 
uh, if it's not heat treated, and I guess maybe I didn't temper it properly, I don't know, but can actually pull and break that centerpiece anyways. I forged a bar of this down into a knife, and I didn't pay super close attention to doing even strikes on each side, and so the core wandered a bit and as far as like where it's located in the overall thickness. And I'd always had intentions of firing up the forge and redoing that, and I was like, you know what? It's the shape I want it to be. I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and grind this and see what see what I can make of it. And it actually turned out, like you can tell on the one side of the blade, uh, the core comes up quite a bit higher than the other. But the core ended up being right in the cutting edge for the whole thing. So, And this is just going to be a knife for me, but I don't know. It's pretty nice. It's like a, maybe I'll put a picture of it up. They're real slicey. I think it's like nine and a half inches fairly thin looks like a traditional type of sort of butcher knife it's got a nice belly to it and yeah yeah it'd be fun just working on that just doing some finishing on that one and then uh, yeah i got my gator piss got my my mirror polishing system those things work so good man phenomenal i guess crazy they they do take 400 grit scratches out it's cool but, uh, and then also they, they really blow air. Like it was crazy. Normally muffing bobs, you turn them on and there's a little air movement, but these things, it feels like somebody turned a fan on like right in front of you. I guess that's why they call them airways. But I hate the little multi-layered fabric, you know, threads go everywhere. Mm-hmm. Lent. I can't. Oh, I know. It's gross. It's gross. I was thinking about bolting those down on that bench, but then I thought, you know what? I don't want all this lint around my heat treating oven. You know, I don't want a bunch of lint balls when, when the, I've got a 2000 degree heat source. And then, so I'm just going to get a workbench and have a dedicated buffing station set up. But. Oh, yeah. Anything else you want to hit for the show? Oh, no, I think uh, leave well enough alone. Yeah, this is like almost an hour 40 in here. This yeah. is crazy. That's good. Enjoyed hearing hearing your tool stuff, your opinions. It's fun stuff. Absolutely, I loved it. Right on. Oh, well, uh, maybe we'll try and get a topic for next week too. You know, it might be kind of cool is EDC. We'll see, something, who knows. Oh yeah, but right on. Well, thanks, thanks, Todd. As always, appreciate chatting with you, and hope you guys have a fantastic weekend and a great week next week. Hey, you too. And uh, thank you to our listeners. We'll see y'all later. Bye, folks. <laughs>